Good morning. It's a beautiful Sunday in the old Pueblo. You're listening to KTDT Tucson. Thank you for spending a part of your brunch hour with us on your downtown Tucson community-sponsored rock and roll radio station. This week, we're going to speak with Mike Peel, the statewide sustainability director for Local First Arizona, and we're going to find out what efforts are underway to help local business owners find their path forward while leaving the smallest footprint. Today is February 21st. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar. Each and every Sunday, our focus is on social, cultural, and economic impacts in Tucson's urban core, and we shed light on hidden gems everyone should know about. From A Mountain to U Arizona and all stops in between, you get the inside track right here on 99.1 FM, streaming on downtownradio.org. Also available on your smartphone by downloading the Downtown Radio Tucson app. If you want to get us on the show, our email address is contact at lifealongthestreetcar.org. Our website is the same and our past episodes are there. Uh, we're on Facebook and our podcast is found on Spotify, iTunes, or by asking your smart speaker to play Life Along the Streetcar podcast. And we're going to start today with your chance to impact the direction that Tucson takes when it comes to climate change. Last year, the city council learned that Tucson was one of the top warming cities in the nation. In fact, at the time, they were ranked third, according to one study. And that prompted the city council to declare a climate emergency. And they developed a commitment to a 2030 goal of becoming carbon neutral. It's a 10 year climate action plan. And one of the big phases of that is finding out what you think is necessary. The city has put together the climate action community survey that is going to help the community find its priorities in this process. We're going to link to that from our webpage. You can also head over to the uh, city of Tucson's website. Pretty easy to find it over there. The community, um, action so the climate action community survey though so the goal is to get input and rank the, uh, the the challenges so that we can come up with a sustainable plan over the next 10 years the survey is going to be open through march 31st there are uh, spanish and english versions and some uh, ways to to help you get started so head over to the city's website or, or head over to our facebook page and find that link and our feature today is no stranger to the climate change. Mike Peel is also no stranger to our show. He is the Southern Arizona director and the statewide sustainability director for Local First Arizona. And those two positions have put him on the forefront of so many changes over the years. And we caught up with him by phone to discuss the Local First Arizona efforts to keep small businesses open and growing during the pandemic. We were surprised to see how well some of the programs were going, and we thought it'd be a great time to share that information with you. Michael Peel, Statewide Sustainability Director, Local First Arizona. You know, let's just start with the basics, uh, make sure everyone's familiar with the general concept of what Local First Arizona is. Sure, so Local First Arizona is a nonprofit organization focused on local economy building 
and community building. We are a local business and nonprofit coalition. We're actually uh, over 3,000 members in the state and growing strong, which I'm really proud to say we have that kind of reach. And uh, it's really back to the early days of Local First Arizona being about the buy local movement and all about supporting uh, more businesses uh, and nonprofits, especially local businesses to uh, keep our uh, dollars circulating in our local economy, to shift our uh, spending from non-local corporate businesses and money leaking out of our communities and ensuring that we're supporting local ownership and that local ownership is uh, prioritized for the impact it can have on the community. It can have a greater impact with the dollars retained and circulating for greater job growth and benefits to those entrepreneurs for growing their local businesses here. Along came this pandemic. So I would imagine with 3,000 members, you, you spent quite a bit of time on on keeping them um, informed. and. Well, we immediately shifted to uh, a three-part strategy that we're still working through with this crisis. And we went into immediately a triage mode and then and that meant getting as much support to the businesses as we could uh, gather based on uh, whether it's finding money for grants for those businesses to stay open which we were able to do statewide with a small business relief fund and then also getting information about the loans out there as fast as possible on a regular daily basis and any kind of consultation support that we could provide which we continue to do so education and consultations and direct funding. And so we've been doing that for uh, almost a year now. And at the same time, looking to the other stages of recovery and resiliency of getting our economy and community back to a stable place and hopefully a stronger place eventually with the programs that we have, including our sustainability programs, how to, uh, how to build a better uh, ecosystem for local businesses and nonprofits and individuals in our community, uh, in our communities across Arizona. So that means really our mission is uh, getting more, I think, focused in our work than ever. And the mission that we have now is uh, to build equitable systems for Arizona's local businesses and communities that create a vibrant, inclusive and sustainable Arizona economy by strengthening, supporting and celebrating entrepreneurship, rural and urban community development, racial equity, environmental action and food access. And that equitable approach is what ties it all together. I, I spent some money uh, during the holidays on a on what was really like an online local mall uh, that I think it was through Local First. Um, Right, shop Arizona marketplace. And it's a new initiative of ours as well in the last year. And that was that was really just a, a one a one place I think where you had multiple vendors from across the state that you could uh, you could purchase from by just going to the one site. And that's another goal of ours that we've had for a while that we've as a team figured out how to move quickly on. We're increasingly working with a statewide team approach while still having all the regional considerations that we need to have 
for the entire state. So I think what that looks like is we're more collaborative than ever in sharing best practices and strategies that are working with our different team efforts and then how it can work across the teams. And so it's exciting to see how much we've been able to work uh, closely together uh, virtually. Uh, and we already were doing that uh, to an extent uh, prior to COVID. So I think we were set up for it internally well, and we've uh, gone much further with it now. Uh, so we're uh, really moving quickly. Uh, how, how has membership been through this? Did you see a, a decrease in membership? Did you lose members? Did you gain We've seen members? an increase. Really? We've seen an increase, yes. We've uh, seen an increase, I think, because of our rapid response uh, to everything that has occurred. And, for example, even just looking at the Facebook group we have, the amount of updates that go into that Facebook group generally for the entire membership is significant and uh, consistent. And also we've provided, right away we provided a scholarship program for businesses needing that support uh, as this crisis first hit us. And we knew that was going to be a need uh, right away. So I think that it's been appreciated by our community immensely how far we've been able to go well, with it all. It seems like on a, on a national scale, the importance of what Local First has been saying for decades is the uh, not just the economic, but the cultural benefits of, of working with your local vendors. That seems to be a resurging national um, uh, movement. I think there's more awareness now than ever about how critical it is to support local businesses who are not going to make it to the next month or through the next year without our support. There's no guarantee that they'll be there. It really does come down to the loyalty of the customers and the community to keep them supported. And so absolutely a need. And I think that is something that more people are are understanding now, how much the, the local owner uh, down the street counts on that business and those relationships really matter. And so I, I do think I, if I just speak for Tucson alone, and I know this is across the state, people have really stepped up to uh, support their local businesses here during these times. And I think it's, uh, it's really, it's incredible. And it's not the only uh, avenue for support, but it's a big one. And it doesn't mean that the business will stay in business that way solely based on that support but i think it's a big factor and it's something that we need to keep talking about the benefits are significant there's no question in in uh, leadership's minds that tucson's going to come out of this pandemic stronger than ever the key though is getting the businesses that are up and running now getting them to that that uh that end result right and i think understanding what the gaps are going forward because there's a disproportionate impact with who has access to even the loans and how much they were able to receive and yeah better understanding what occurred uh, over the last year is something that will be important for all of us doing this work to understand going forward 
We are talking with Mike Peel, the Sustainability Director and the Southern Arizona Director for Local First Arizona. We'll be back to the conclusion of that interview in just a moment. But first, I want to remind you that you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM and streaming on downtownradio.org. Welcome back to the second part of our interview with Mike Peel of Local First Arizona. We'll talk a little bit more about some of the sustainability efforts underway in our community. With our sustainability programs, our approach is to provide as much support in terms of resources and educational programming uh, that we can. And we've been doing this for years, actually, uh, not at the statewide level, but in the Phoenix metro area, uh, thanks to our uh, leadership there, uh, particularly Helene Tack has been doing this work for a long time with the certification program that we've had for local businesses and and that has been very successful uh, for us in getting a lot of businesses signed up to wanna see what they can uh, accomplish with a checklist approach to sustainability measures and cost saving measures. And so building off of that success, I've been working for years here in Southern Arizona on a program that's a project planning program called Scale Up to help businesses work together in a cohort to learn about energy efficiency and water conservation, transportation reductions, waste reductions, how to form a green team, all the uh, major areas of uh, impact that can happen when you put a sustainability project plan together. That can be supporting uh, your business operations with cost savings, with uh, differentiating your business model and attracting new customers, and engaging your employees and then having that environmental impact of course and reducing carbon emissions and, and making sure that we are tracking it all through data driven efforts so we've been um, in partnership with the epa in designing this program and it's a, an award-winning program now from when we started it two years ago three well really now three years ago uh, with the support of uh, the state of arizona so their support was essential for us to get the pilot off the ground and then we received uh, the award for the go green award from tep in 2019 for uh, economic uh, development program success so i think we've been able to get far in a very short period of time by making it very collaborative. We've uh, really aimed for linking with existing resources out there and experts out there so that we design a program that is uh, the most accessible uh, one that it could be. Uh, Being accessible with it is important for the businesses who are really busy and nonprofits who are really busy to be able to focus on a project that can be ideally a 20% reduction or more in uh, energy reduction uh, or water reduction or waste or whatever they decide to do for their facility and site. We want to get them to a cost savings outcome, but also an environmental uh, impact outcome as well. It's interesting. You know, I think just listening to just general news media or or just general sentiments, you kind of get this feeling out there that business and uh, green initiatives are, are at odds that, uh, you know, it's too costly to be sustainable. And, and what you're, which what I'm really hearing from you is it, it's the exact opposite, that being sustainable and, and being healthy uh, is actually profitable or, or, or 
or it can lead to a more profitable uh, business. Definitely. And that's something we've been working hard at for years is to make that business case for it. And it is there. And there's the uh, Tucson 2030 district partnership that we have, which uh, is, is a national model for sustainability planning and uh, meeting goals that are ambitious by 2030 of, uh, within a district of uh, buildings within a city to look at uh, 50% reductions on average at a minimum in energy, water, and transportation uh, reductions. And that is a significant goal to meet. And it's really about the, the what we call the deep retrofit approach to have a, a case for investment where there is more upfront investment, but then much greater return on investment. So yeah, yeah that's why we build it out that way. So we want to get people there. Have you seen companies that take this investment and, and, and are willing to share the, the results? We have some of those examples, yes. And we have, uh, for example, we've worked with Historic Y in the past, and they've been able to save thousands of dollars on a regular basis by going forward with what they do with energy efficiency savings and solar. And so uh, they are a site for supporting many nonprofits at their uh, location. And it's wonderful to see that they're going in that direction. They've been going in that direction for some time. And I think that we want to see more examples like that throughout the uh, city and throughout the state. And we're working on uh, some major demonstration projects right now that can make the case uh, within what we call a connected community approach, more like a smart city sustainable city approach where we look at new technology to consider and working with downtown buildings. So commercial buildings to uh, small business buildings, to schools, uh, to our partners that we work with through the uh, Southern Arizona Green Business Alliance that we started last year. We have this new alliance around all the, uh, the efforts that I'm describing. And so we want to make sure that we're sharing practices, best practices from these demonstration projects, which include electric vehicle demonstration projects and smart building demonstration projects. And there's a lot in the works right now. Uh, it all links together. We've got scale up. We've got our green leaders certification program here running now. We now have a Southern Arizona certification program that expands on what we're doing in Phoenix and then the 2030 district programs. Uh, so there's a lot there to offer a, really a menu of services to businesses to uh, ideally get to a deep retrofit approach. They go initially with maybe one measure or one project, and ideally they go beyond to something of a 50% reduction or more. Maybe they even get to uh, a net zero approach where they're not producing any carbon emissions. You know, you talk about inclusivity and, and how all of these things are interconnected. And there's one project, we just have a couple minutes left, but there's one project I'd really like to touch on. Um, I, I believe I have this right. It's the Harris Fletcher project. Yes, I want to talk to you about that now. Yeah, t tell me a little bit about that. I think it's very interesting how they're talking about interconnectivity. This is, they're kind of pulling it all together. They are, and they're doing that in a very holistic way. It's a. Uh, uh, my favorite example right now of what we can do with scale up because what we're aiming for with scale up now is not just the sustainability outcomes that I described, but also the social impact uh, opportunity around opportunities around sustainability and thinking about prioritizing 
uh, how we support communities and individuals in our community that are disproportionately impacted by climate change, including air quality and rising costs of energy, and really thinking about how we support the whole community as well as the site and the building that uh, we're supporting through the program and the programs. So Harris Fletcher Enterprises is building an affordable housing project for refugees and veterans. And their goal through scale up is to create a model sustainability project that emphasizes all of the areas of of the sustainability programming that we already are uh, working on uh, through Green Leaders and Scale Up and Green Champion, which is the 2030 district uh, new program. So looking at all the levels that they can go through from foundational to advanced, as well as emphasizing natural building methods. So they want to look at embodied carbon. And I think it's really important to note how they want to have a community impact with this project. The owners are disabled vets who experienced long-term poverty as children. Now they're creating solutions for those experiencing financial housing and food insecurities. And I think it's a powerful example of how sustainability can be a, a strategy to meet those significant community challenges and, and crises out there. So uh, their goal is right now to provide this uh, project uh, support for uh, particularly those who need low-income housing and they want it to be sustainable uh so uh they want to uh make it as uh well they want to make it affordable of course and they want to focus on low income and they wanted to do that through scale up as a community model and they want to look at energy efficiency water conservation as well as an edible food forest so they can plant fruit trees and uh make this an urban forest right in the midtown of tucson they are planning a projected 25 to 50% energy savings, which goes right in line with what we're aiming for for any of these projects. And that's a significant cost savings for supporting low-income housing. And they also want to reduce the heat index in the community by planting more trees and supporting the Million Trees Initiative uh, with the mayor's office. Uh, they really want to align there and they also want to work with local contractors like Watershed Management Group uh, to develop a conceptual design of their property. And then others like Natural Building Works to support the uh, the natural building methods, alternative building methods for expanding their site for affordable green housing. Yeah, it's just, just amazing how it all comes together. And, and we'll find their website uh, and link to it, Harris Fletcher Project, because uh, I know they're they're at an infancy stage and, and a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of help that can still be provided to, to get them to their goals. And one other point I want to make on that is there's actually going to be a Kiva campaign coming up here soon through our partnership with the Community Investment Corporation. They're going to be launching a phase one campaign, crowdfunding campaign to support this dynamic project. So we're going to be getting the word out about that. And a big shout out to Community Investment Corporation for being a long-term partner on scale up so that we can provide really important uh, scale up uh, incentives for these projects. So we want to make sure there's uh, low interest financing and that's one of the incentives in the toolkit in addition to discounts and rebates. And we have exclusive discounts through the program as well for those completing a project plan. So the biggest opportunity within that toolkit is the low interest financing and Community Investment Corporation stepped up to provide that exclusively for these businesses at a range of zero to 
uh, depending on the project. And I think that's an incredible example of community collaboration right there. Well, I think we could spend the next 10 minutes on shout outs for all the partners in these programs. Yes, just, there's just dozens. A, just amazing. Yeah. Well, we, Mike, I appreciate your time. This is Michael Peel. He's the statewide sustainability director and the Southern Arizona director for Local First Arizona. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, Mike. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Mike Peel. Southern Arizona Director and Statewide Sustainability Director of Local First Arizona joined us by phone talking about some amazing accomplishments and some extraordinary times. Well, my name is Tom Heath and you are listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. Well, I got the app because I like to stream it in my car and uh, sometimes when I get too far out of town or I'm heading up to that city up north there, I, I lose the signal. So I like the app playing through my car and I can always listen to the fabulous volunteer DJs at Downtown Radio. And uh, Mike Peel, our guest today, also has been a DJ uh, on Downtown Radio, knows his music stuff. We're going to leave you today with a little song that I know he'll approve of. But before that, I want to let you know that coming up next week, we've got Dre Thompson from Startup Tucson, another one of those organizations that's doing amazing things during this pandemic, and they're actually celebrating resiliency, and we'll we'll discuss that and talk about their program to uh, relocate people here back uh, to Tucson who are working remotely in other parts of the country. But as I mentioned, Mike is a big music lover. One of his local favorites is Miss Olivia and the Interlopers. So we're going to leave you with a little music from them today. This is uh, their song, Blacklisted. Hope you have a great week, and tune in next Sunday for more Life Along the Streetcar.